On today's Question of Faith, what do you do when you're grieving? Hey everybody, I'm Mike Hayes. This is Question of Faith. I'm the Young Adult Ministry Director in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, a vicar for evangelization. And Terry Yeoman, the Director of Marriage and Family Ministry. Terry's back. Welcome back. Welcome to the new studio. It's very beautiful. Isn't it? I was surprised. I was sitting in an empty office. They didn't <laughs> give me the memo. Mm. No. I didn't realize that you hadn't been in here. It was funny. Like you walked I. in. Yeah. It's been a while. It's almost complete. We just need a crucifix and an image of Our Lady. We have hooks for them. We just I like get it. We're up. almost ready for video. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's coming your way soon. I think I might have found us a crucifix. I'll, I'll bring it from okay. home tomorrow. I'll see if I have it. But anyway, what do, what do we do when we're grieving? Well, back to the crucifixes. When we have the funeral, we put the crucifix on top of the casket. Very nice, yes. Lots of traditions and things that we do through the liturgy and funeral masses that are important. Yeah. Most of our parishes offer uh, some form of funeral support. So when the folks come in, they meet with the priest or someone from the parish to walk them through how a funeral uh, goes through completion, through the prayers, and what the liturgy means. Yeah. Walk through it, plan the funeral, essentially, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Specific readings that help the the grieving to console them. Mm Mm-hmm. And your office actually does very specific things for uh, people who have lost someone near and dear to them. And so why don't we touch on a little bit of that? We do several different things. And depending on the parish, the size of the parish, those things can look very differently at each spot, too. So some may only offer some funeral support. Some may have people that write cards Some will have remembrance masses. We've got tons of different um, places that will do different things that are specific to their parish. We have some bereavement ministers that have been trained for many years that will run bereavement support groups. Those bereavement support groups can look differently as well. Um, On the east side, St. Justin Martyr has, Beth Rossetti's, has a bereavement support group for those that have lost uh, like a spouse that's under 50 years old or 50 Mm. years old. Uh, There are groups that can be really specific to type of loss, and sometimes we bring in professionals for that. So we partner with Cornerstone of Hope, for example, and we'll actually bring in professional counselors to run something for suicide, for example. Yeah, I like what you mentioned about Beth's group. It's funny. We just passed September 11th. I was thinking about that all day. Obviously, we're taping, we're recording this on the 12th. Right. Um, and, I, you know, I was in New York when that happened. And I can remember this woman who lost her husband on September 11th. She said, well, yeah, you know, I went to this, this bereavement group in my parish. She said, but... Everybody was over 70, and, and their attitude was all like, attitude's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Right. They were like, oh, we didn't make it to our 50th anniversary. And she was like, yeah, I got two years with my husband. Right. You know, right. It said that people really had a hard time relating to her and, and her to them. And so I was glad to hear it. You know, Beth is sort of concentrating on that, on people who have lost you know, spouses mm-hmm. unexpectedly. Right. And, and we're even going more in-depth now. So we're bringing in Redbird Ministries to the mm. diocese. That's actually out of Louisiana. And Kelly and Ryan Bro have st- they're Catholic. They've started a full Catholic bereavement ministry down there. And it's in, spread to several dioceses. They have a website. They have an app that we are strongly encouraging anyone that concentrates on the loss of a child and through mm. from miscarriage all the way through to adult children. And they realize that every type of loss is specific. So when you've lost someone to a child to cancer, for example, you'd like to meet other parents that have lost a child to cancer. So they 
sort of condition everyone, put them into specific groups, and you find a like community that can help you through peer ministry. So they're, they're actually, we're bringing them into the diocese to St. Justin Martyr for parish leaders, anyone that's interested in bereavement ministries, and what we have that's new for the curriculums on Friday, September 22nd, and then September 23rd, we'll be at St. Bridget Kildare in Parma mm. doing a workshop for people that have lost child. So that registration's all on the website, and we're really encouraging people to sign up and just come and hear about it at the Friday. It's a real quick couple of hours and have lunch with us Friday at St. Justin. What if it's been a while for a listener and say, man, I lost a child 20, 30 years ago. Can I come to this? Is this something that they would be welcome to? Yes. Or does it have to be recent loss? No. Bereavement's one of those. I always say, uh, back when I was in mental health, grief is like, um, they used to say, that, like, you have a suitcase or a briefcase. I call it the grief case. Mm. And it seems like whenever we lose something or a person, an individual, a pet, it goes into the grief case and we put it under the bed. And then when we experience the next loss, we pull out the suitcase. And sometimes we're grieving losses from many years. And it brings up a lot of unresolved feelings. Mm. So this is definitely a way that people can help resolve those feelings from past grief. So we would encourage them to sign up that they can still find a benefit in this. That's yeah. great. How many people say to me, every Father's Day, the right. grief case comes out. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, you know it, it's true. And the first one's always the hardest, I think, but it doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't stop missing my father on Father's Day, right? right? Or any of the dates. Or any you know, of the birth dates. Right. Dates, yeah. um, it, we remember them constantly, and that's. I think sometimes when we're looking through social media, that is what we're seeing are the people that are trying to process their grief through social media, and this is just a way that you can come and deal with it in a good way and hopefully learn skills and support someone else, too. Yeah. When my mom died, I went through pretty deep grief, but I didn't know I was going through grief because, to me, it didn't feel like anything. It was just empty, Mm. and it was only after time, like, oh, that's what grief felt like. It it just felt like a hole. And uh, so if you're feeling that uh, with and you've experienced the death of a child, then this this uh, gathering at St. Bridget's is for you, mm-hmm. right? Right, definitely. What, what time? Do, how do they register? What time does it start? Registration on is on our website okay. through the events page. It starts in the morning at 9. It ends with a mass. Um, if the group is small, we may end up at the 4 p.m. mass. If the group is a little bit larger, then we, it may take us longer during the day. Their spiritual directors will be there as well as confessors. Uh, it should be a good day for us to learn from the experts from Louisiana about how to run these, and we'll keep running them in the future. Um, Another way for people, I think, to recognize the grief is to do things for remembrance. And so um, Cosmos and Damien is actually offering a mass for those that have lost a pregnancy or child Mm. uh, October 16th. It's a Monday evening, and Marriage Mm. and Family is going to help sponsor refreshments after that. That's great. Um, Marymount Hospital's offering some things where they're doing something to inter remains. So I think those are things. We do like Blue Christmas. There's Mm. many things around the diocese for people when they've had loss. And it's important to come out and honor our loved ones in that way, too, that that they're still there and we still remember who they are and that it's important that we do this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... The kind of thing I know for me, you know, my losing both of my parents, like within two years of each other was kind of rough. And I remember going to spiritual direction and Father Gary Shmira said to me, he goes, yeah, wow. He goes, you know, you lost both your parents like in a pretty short, pretty short period of time. And he goes, now they were old, you know, they, right. were, they were in their 90s. He said, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't he make goes, a difference. And he right. said something, Oliver, he was like, you feel like an orphan. You feel weird. Mm-hmm. And I was right. like, yeah. 
I was right. like, no one's ever said it to me that way before, but yes, that's exactly how I feel. Well, and I, I feel like, too, one of the things that, that, that I'm passionate about is that there are ways to grieve that can be healthy and unhealthy, and yeah. culturally that can be different, too. My father is, um, um, I'm adopted, but German and American mm. Indian and very uh, stout. And when he lost, when I was going through high school and into college, he lost both his parents and three of his siblings, all within years of each other. So it was like every year he lost these family members, and and he would just go in the room and close the door. And that was it. That's how he grieved. He'd close the bedroom door, and you didn't know what was going on. Did he cry, do you know? No idea. He was in his Mm. bedroom. Like, it was like going in the upper room, I suppose. But but you didn't know what was happening, so we didn't learn how to grieve. So I think that's the other piece is that being able to try and process those feelings rather than burying them is helpful, too, because it can come out in anger or frustration at other people. So educating um, everyone is also important for us to do. Bringing the faith into this is so important because even our Lord, who loved his friend Lazarus, when he died, Scripture says that Jesus wept because his friend died and he loved him. And that's very human. It's very healthy. I've said this on the show before. St. Thomas Aquinas says that when when we cry, sorrow leaves our body through our tears. So right. it's a healthy thing to do. And I think especially for men, think, oh, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. No, actually, our Lord cried. So don't be afraid to cry if you need to cry. That's part of the grieving process, right? Well, and there's physical parts of that that are actually biological mm-hmm. to the toxins that are going out, that it's healthy for us to do that and the right. physical feelings of doing it. Cry yourself out. Like yeah. Those kinds of things are good. And Aquinas didn't even have the um, the science behind it, right. but he knew from like the phenomenology, the experience of it, that this was healthy. Healthy, to do and I mean look at St. John Vianney and look at St. Monica and people they like the saints cry so right. that's part of the process yeah. it is part of it and and there's a lot of there they used to say oh there's all these stages of grief and there's this and you'd think you'd go through that in so many years and that's sort of not completely accurate and it's not accurate for every person mm-hmm. so you may go through those stages you may not everything mm-hmm. is unique and we want to make sure we're addressing the uniqueness of someone's situation yeah. Yeah. And, and scenario and even if you go through those stages it might not be in the order that they that right. they list those you and know. you bring the grief case back out Correct. and you can go through all of them again right it just right. depends yeah right. exactly so. you know i had a great relationship with our counseling center when i was in in campus ministry and uh, they came to me one day and they said that they noticed um a vast number of students were coming to them, not not for death of parents or grandparents, but death of a pet. And they said, right. like, it kind of surprised them. And they said, okay, look, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about, you know, right. a, a, a dog or a cat. Right. And so I feel kind of silly, but I can, I can see that it really does affect them. Mm-hmm. So... What's been your experience with that? I think it's also the layers. It's the layers of, you know, for a lot of children, when they lose a pet, that's where they're learning how to grieve. So did you have a funeral? Did you do those things to teach them about those rights that we have in traditions, even though it may not be something that's in line with the faith that this, we're still going to honor this relationship that they had with their pet and that the grieving does bring out the loss of everything else that they've lost and and can bring some big emotions for young people. And so we want to definitely honor where they are in individually and accompany them in any way we can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last week, I was out with my buddy, Father Mark Riley. Mm. We went out to dinner, and we were in the car, and he's like, so how are you doing? I'm like, I think I'm grieving. And he goes, about what? And I said, well, this past weekend, I was down in Appalachia, and I spent the weekend with a the family. They're very dear to me. The guy was in my youth group back in the day. 
Mary the girl he met at Appalachian Service Project. They have four mm. kids, and they have a nice, they call it the friendship suite that I stayed in, and I just lived with the family for four days, which is much different than living at the seminary. And, of course, like Mike, my parents are deceased too, and I enjoyed that so much, and I felt like so understood and loved. I think when I came back, I was like, man, I kind of missed that. Now, I, in my younger days, I would never have been able to identify that as that's what I was feeling. And again, it was like not feeling anything because it was an emptiness or a loss. And so, yeah, I've gone through it with my parents and some other situations. But even on, on like, this is why the examine's important, yeah, like praying right. the daily examine. What was I feeling yesterday? What was I going through? And this isn't like mushy stuff either. This is like real spirituality, getting in touch with where my life is, what I've experienced, where I've experienced joy, and where I've experienced pain, loss, all that's really important part of being a, a Catholic, right? Definitely. I think the the piece, too, of how we go through the bereavement and recognizing that, that our, our teachings about that, that veil being thin is something, mm. being a people of hope. So this is like how to deal with the sad and knowing that we're uncomfortable and we don't know how to handle situations and we can grieve all kinds of things. You can grieve many different things, just grieving the loss that, oh, I've graduated from college and now mm-hmm. I have to go out and be a big boy now or mm-hmm. a big girl. Mm-hmm. So there's tons of things that bring grief into our lives and how we handle those things and recognizing it and naming it is what we really want to stress for folks and that they realize that they, there is still hope in all of these situations. Mm -hmm. And we can also recognize, so when you've lost parents, I have friends that are losing parents. And when I look at that and I think of, then I can attach with them emotionally and be compassionate that I know that that's going to be crazy difficult when I reach that point, but yet that hope that the veil is thin, that the veil is thin and that our loved ones are right there and that Mm -hmm. they're still there. And many of our other um, Christian faiths don't have that. They don't have that teaching that those folks are with the communion of saints or that they're going to be there someday. Mm-hmm. And it's strange to have people just recognize that they, they, when they've lost someone, that it's like they're gone. They don't, they don't talk about them anymore. They don't think about them anymore. And I think that the beauty that we have is that, is that hope of the reunification one day with mm-hmm. those people. Oh, yeah. And when people come close to death, I, you know, I've visited people in hospice and working with their families. I always try to say, you know, don't grieve if you weren't sitting with the person, because that has to be such a moment of so much dignity loss, if you've ever seen someone that's passed and been through that, that there are people that want to do that alone. And so step out of the room, walk away from them for a while, and allow them to be just with their maker. And then that same piece of, you know, you are sitting there with them. Are you able to say the prayers, say the Divine Mercy Chaplet mm-hmm. with them to accompany them? And knowing that you'll be able to keep talking with them and that they're still part of your life. Mm-hmm. It's still a beautiful, beautiful thing that we have. Yeah, in the funeral liturgy, I think it's in the preface, it says life is changed, not ended. I was right. just thinking of the same yes. thing. It's so funny. Yeah, our belief in eternal life and that we're made for God and right. um, that he wants to us to be with him for all eternity. Boy, yeah, it kicks. a lot of this stuff kicks in when you're actually going through suffering, sickness, or a funeral mass. That sometimes people say, oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Uh, right. this, this makes sense to me now because I've never thought of these things or mm-hmm. had to think of these things. Well, and, and when we're struggling with letting go of that person, they have a mom, a dad, an aunt, an uncle, friends that mm-hmm. are waiting for them, yeah. that, that they have people that they're going to go unify with. Like, I can't wait to go up to heaven and meet people, hopefully, God willing. I 
have a feeling I'll be in purgatory for a long time. But you never know. But when mm-hmm. I get there, like some of the people, I just think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, when see. I'm ministering to folks who are dying on their deathbeds and their families gathered around, I often talk about that they're leaving this family here on earth, right. but then welcoming them will be Mary and the angels and the right. saints, and they'll get to see God face to face very soon, and that's what we pray for. So, right. yeah, it's rich. Our faith is very rich. Yeah, and what we're really talking about all the time is transitioning. You talked about di- different things that we grieve. You know, I always come back to the, that line in the funeral liturgy, and it's, well, life has changed, not ended. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going through something, you know, I lost a job, I, you know, lost a relationship, you know, all these kinds of things that we lose. Right. The more we think about it, you know, life's, we're going to have losses, you know, right. but life has changed, mm-hmm. not ended. Right. Uh, and that's the same with death, you know, their their life has changed here, you know, mm-hmm. but not ended. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you kind of move into all the time. Right. I and I think to just focusing constantly that, you know, the Lord gives us that simple prayer this day. Like uh, the Lord's prayer, we, we're to live this day and that there aren't, there isn't a guarantee for the next. And if we really stopped and thought about it, no one's getting out alive. Mm. Would it change our perspective on um, how we go into our everyday activities? Yeah. And one of the ways that we do that is we go to church. Amen. <laughs> and so we're going to talk si. this week. See, si, yeah, claro, see, si, yeah. of course, you know. Uh, Sagrada Familia is the parish I thought we would go to today. I've been assigned there this year for the diaconates. I've been there for congratulations. Two, thank you. I've been there about two weeks and I've gained about six pounds. Mm. Uh, the community there loves to eat and um, they make sure your plate is filled. <laughs> so La Sagrada Familia it's on West 70th and Detroit mm-hmm. by St. Augustine Towers. Correct. It's uh, one of our predominantly Hispanic communities, although they do have an English mass, correct? They do, yeah. yeah. 10 o'clock is mm-hmm. uh, on Sundays an English mass. But ev- even in, in that community, I would say most of the people there are of, of Hispanic descent. Nice. And um, the music is? Music, like, yeah, is, is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. very joyful. Uh, I loved being at the, they have a noon mass that's in Spanish that yeah. I was at the other day. Um, and it was just such a joyful community. Yeah. It was just great being there. Um, I had to introduce myself. You'll be proud of me. I had to introduce myself in Spanish. Now, I wrote it out because yeah. I'm not Smart. confident. I do the right? same. Well, um, okay. But my, my, my classmate, um, Jose, who's an aspirant in the program, who's a parishioner there, he said, that was awesome. He goes, you, you stumbled and, and fumbled a little bit, but he but said, tried. in yeah. general, he said, people will appreciate that. So I was like, okay. And, and you know, hablo un poquito español. You know, I know a little Spanish, but not a lot. You know, And so I make fun of yourself a little bit, and it's yeah. fine. My I, husband always laughs because we go to Puerto Rico often. And, oh, right. And he, yeah. he's, I'm always trying to teach him some Spanish words. Not that I do it well at all. I know some of the food names, like bacalitos and things mm-hmm. that I like. And I'll try to teach him something, and he'll always say, I don't even do English well, and now you want me to try another language? <laughs> That's why I say I speak one language badly. You know? <laughs> Correct. If you've never been to the church, it is one of the, I mean, it's not new now, but it was built yeah. in 97. New-ish. I think it was, uh, yeah. was it Cristo Rey and St. John the Baptist? Two parishes came together mm-hmm. to form this community, and it's a beautiful, like architecturally beautiful church, and just recently, Father Paco uh, renovated the sanctuary, so new tabernacle, new reardos, all wood from Mexico, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Um, but it's gorgeous. So so check it out, and you could um, see Mike there and yeah. stumble through his Spanish. And eat, yeah, and, <laughs> and nice. eat some good food. <laughs> um, the last time I was there was a Good Friday. We did that procession 
It's like oh, a four-mile right. procession from St. Michael's to St. Coleman's, and then it wound up at La Sagrada Familia. It was yeah. great. Plus the carpets that they do. Oh, yeah. Uh, thing, which well, is really those nice. are beautiful. Yeah, they're really nice. So Sagrada Familia and in Cleveland, just on the border of, uh, of Cleveland, and I guess it's Edgewater or Lakewood there, right? Um, yeah, West 70th Westwood. in Detroit, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then something else comes in. You're right. Yeah. And then our readings for the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time, which is the Sunday. Uh, I'll take it. They're all about mercy this week, which is, which is uh, you know, appropriate for what we're talking about. But uh, the gospel this week said, uh, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? Seventy times, se- seven times? He said, no, no, 70 times, seven times. Well, I went Infinite with the first amount. reading because here's the line. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet... The sinner hugs them tight. Mm. I've done that. It hasn't worked out too well for me. Yeah, so exactly. uh, when you turn in on yourself and you hold on to those things, um, they kind of ruin you. And like going back to the topic of this, um, um, this podcast, grief is similar in that if you, you don't work through it but just cling to it, then you never heal. So this right. this. Um, allowing Jesus in and and working that out with him is a really important part of things. Yeah. My favorite was the the psalm. Mm. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger and rich in compassion. That not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. Mm. That that compassion that he has for us. And I think that's the call when I think of bereavement, knowing that that was the topic today, that, that we need compassion. We need people that are willing to be with us. Yes. And be merciful to our pain. An infinite amount of mercy sometimes. You know, it's a stressful time when people die, right? You know, and how many times do people say dumb things to us? Or, you know, you go into a wake and someone says, oh, she looks great. No. Right, right. <laughs> she doesn't look great. She's dead. They also yeah. don't know what else to say. Right. right. That's yeah. exactly right. right. So and so we have to have mercy for Now, her. I will you know? say there was a beautiful, beautiful volunteer mm. at St. Martin's. And Betty was probably in her 90s. And when she was laid out in the gathering area, they kept the lights on all night, and the lights were shining on her, and it was beautiful, mm. and she truly looked beautiful. Mm. She was a teacher around uh, the diocese as well for probably 100 years. Right. Mm. Little probably baby. tons of people just yes. wanted to come and see yes, her one last time. That was right? one person that I saw that was absolutely, she looked beautiful. Mm. You knew she was directly into heaven probably. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, sometimes her face just kind of settles yep. into a she little shined. smile, right? Yeah. Yep. Shown. All right. Well, Terry, thanks for joining us. It's good to have you back. Glad you could see the new studio. Thanks for and having now me. You, now you know where to come in the future. Exactly. That's right. It's Don't great. get lost. Maybe next time it'll be a video. Yeah, it probably will be, I would think. That'll be nice. Yeah. We're trying. Yeah. Yeah, so it's we'll great. have this and a whole lot more next time here on Question of Faith. Yeah.